podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is called Phil Whelans and uh, joining me as always it's Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello Jim. Good evening. Everything all right? Yeah, very good. Very good indeed. Really good. good. Really very good. Joining us this week, not just one wonderful guest, not two wonderful guests, not three wonderful guests, but two wonderful (laughs) guests joining us this week on Stop Hammer Time. As you, as you know, Jim and I have a, have a fraught association with the law. Jim lives in the mean south-central streets yeah. of Caterham. Yeah, that's right. A dog-eat-dog world it's tough where it's there. tough out there, yeah, yeah. where Jim has, eat, has yeah. eaten a dog. <laughs> Jim has eaten a dog just to survive yeah. in the dog-eat-dog world yeah, yeah, yeah. of Caterham. Yeah. I, as, as you know, uh, carve out a humble career in human trafficking. We, we are often in trouble with the law. If you are in trouble with the law, you need possibly the greatest legal mind in this country. High Court QC, Simon Pentel. Wow, thank you very much. Good evening. Simon Pentel QC. Thank you, it is indeed. And uh, I have that particular reason to be cheerful. And um, I think I have reasons to be cheerful in the way things are developing at the moment at our beloved club. But we'll talk about that in due course. We will. Also joining us, he is, uh, it's wonderful to have him back, he is head honcho, uh, leading light, uh, um, uh, creator, the, the, the mother load of Pride of Irons, uh, the LGBTQ organisation, uh, supporters association of West Ham United, also now on the supporters advisory board. Vice chair, no less. Vice chair, no less, it is Jim Dolan. Hello, Hello Jim. Evening. Uh, last year in uh, the Pride March, uh, Pride of Irons had an open top bus, which is the closest West Ham has been yes. to an open top <laughs> bus for many years. Indeed, we invited the players along, but they they felt it was too uncomfortable, unfamiliar territory. Uh, so. You had the yeah. mascot though, right? You had the mascot we had, along. yeah, we yeah. had Hammerhead again, had, yeah, Hammerhead. The second year in a row. Yeah, excellent. And uh, so yes, the, uh, yeah, so uh, homophobes stick it. Stick it where the sun shone, don't shine. Because that is the closest we will get to an open top parade for probably a couple of years. Uh, Brilliant. Are you going to do that again this year? We we are planning this year's uh, parade as we speak. Excellent. Great. Open top bus. Watch this space. Okay, we will. With interest. How do you? Are they like easy to hire? <laughs> do you, um, where do they come? A from? lot easier than I thought. Actually, I right. thought they'd all kind of be yeah like, booked yeah. already. For, for yeah. I, always, I always thought that you just hired a normal bus and everyone spent the whole morning soaring the top off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, do they come as a kid? <laughs> taking the bloody roof? We off, did have to. Know? Well, we, we thought we were going to have to brand it ourselves. They, they said, oh, we'll, we'll provide the branding. We'll have to stick it on. It's like, uh, how? Stick yeah. it on. Um, but no, they, they eventually did it for uh, us. Okay, that's excellent. Yeah. That's it, excellent. It, it looked brilliant. Actually, it was right. fully kitted out. West Ham. Every every corner. Does it have turned. a bar on board? Uh, it did that day. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. one that we provided. But, yeah, um, yeah. it's fantastic. Nice. If there's Even, one this year, I'm coming. I'm yeah, I'm I might. You're all invited. I've got to take you up on that. Tactic. We Very have tactic. to do that. And, yeah. of course, yeah. with our with, with one of our nicknames, of course, in cockney rhyming slang, um, oh, nothing yes. could be better <laughs> than supporting course. the um, LGB rights community than, of course, being known as the Irons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Whoever would have thunk it. Now, uh, today, the day we are recording this podcast is a sad day because of the passing of Gordon uh, Gordon Gordon Banks. Banks, One of the, I mean, the probably the most legendary English goalkeeper, uh, if not because of everything else in his career, but obviously because of the uh, World Cup in 1966. And uh, it is a... It is a sad moment, and of course, our destinies could so easily have been intertwined yeah. with West Ham with that of uh, Gordon Banks. Well, they could have if who Ron Greenwood, to, yes. if Ron Greenwood would have actually listened to Bobby Moore, who um, in the sixties, after he'd been on tour with England, I think in the United States, um, to use the colloquialism now, tapped up Gordon Banks, went back very proudly to Ron Greenwood and said, "I've done a deal." Um, with Gordon Banks to bring him from Leicester to West Ham. Pre-World Cup or post-World Cup? Post-World Cup. Post-World Cup. 
Um, he wants to play here alongside um, himself, um, Bobby, of course, Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst. And we'll think, we, we think we'll be pretty handy. Mm-hmm. And Ron Greenwood's response was, I'm terribly sorry, Bobby. I've got a gentleman's agreement with Kilmarnock to sign Bobby Ferguson, Bobby Ferguson for what yeah. was then a world record fee for a goalkeeper. And so you're going to have to shelve it. And thus begun the antipathy between Morrow and Ron Greenwood that existed for the rest of Bobby Moore's tenure. Um, at West Ham until he left us and went off to play Fulham and, of course, returned in the cup final against us, ironically, of, as always, at Wembley in 1975. Yeah. But thus is the story. And, yeah. of course, Gordon Banks, everyone has been shown today, I've no doubt, um, the footage of that extraordinary save he made for England against Brazil in Guadalajara in the 1970 World Cup. But, of course, as West Ham fans, for those of us who are old enough... Um, actually broke my heart at the time when he <laughs> saved Jeff Hurst's penalty, penalty yeah, in the semi-final of the League, League Cup, Cup in 1972, yeah. um, where I always maintained, from a West Ham perspective, that he just flung himself to his right and just got lucky because Hursty, who very rarely missed a penalty, just caught him flush on. But um, yeah. there we are. It was a phenomenal save. And even, even now, Hurst is sort of forgiven him. But Absolutely, It would yeah. have been a bit unfair yeah, yeah. not to. Uh, Pelé today said that, uh, you know, I, I scored a, a huge number of goals in my career. One of the goals I'm remembered for is one that I didn't score. Well, <laughs> um, it's that fantastic know. shot, isn't it? There are two great parts of that video clip. The first is when Pelé actually shouts the word goal. goal. Yes, he yeah. shouts uh, a goal. And, yeah. and the other is that Alan Mullery goes to him afterward. And says to, to Gordon Banks, in typically ironic style, why didn't you fucking catch it? Yeah. yeah to yeah. which um, Gordon Banks then um, verbally abused him to an extent never known before by man. <laughs> but I think in the circumstances, it was deserved. But it was, you know, he was 81, it was a good knock, but it's still very sad. I mean, it's, it's genuinely, yeah. you know, for a lot of people, the, the still colour photographs from the, the day in 1966, whether you, uh, whether you remember it, whether you were alive for it, they they are uh, in the true sense of a much maligned and misused word, genuinely iconic. Yeah, they the are. red shirts and Banks's yellow shirt. Yeah. The Moro on the shoulders of the other players. Moro wiping his hands on the on the cloth before he takes the World Cup off the green. Every. every uh, the the German and English players intermingling. Uh, Banksy sort of hugs one of them at some point. Yeah. All of those pictures, are, are, and it's another one of the players from that team sort of gone. Well, because it, they're it, getting marks, to that age. it marks the passing of a generation of footballers and for a number of us who were genuine icons, to use the term you've just made, Phil. Um, they, they were iconic footballers, but they were genuinely great to use a much overused word nowadays and you know that term is thrown out world class is thrown out to anyone it seems to me from a very jaundiced perspective who can actually trap a ball or catch a bloody ball and they're not great these guys were truly great and it's only when you go back and you see that footage and realize what sensational footballers and sportsmen and men they actually were that reminds you that's how you use the term great. Charlton is one of the most ex- extraordinary footballers that you know because of because of his sort of premature baldness and this sort of comb over he didn't look the sort of mid to late 20s that he really was he looked like a kind of 40 year old man he's built like a brick shit house he's got the kind of athleticism of a kind of Zidane or or Cantona you know that guy can shift and he's also just got this unbelievable shot but he's a he's an athlete it's not just about his it was shot. always unf- in, actually he's quite he's quite quiet in that fight, yeah he is because he's man marking Beckenbauer Beckenbauer that's what yeah. that was the plan that they and of course they cancelled our trail yeah, yeah. but of course, unfortunately for Bobby, um, Bobby Charlton, as you mentioned with his comb-over, um, he got massively eclipsed commercially in the public eye at the time by both Morrow and George Best. Mm-hmm. Morrow, of course, being the, the, you know blonde, handsome, built like a tree trunk, um, mixed with all the stars, and George Best, who was impish and the fifth Beatle, to yeah, use yeah. the term that the press gave him. Um, they massively eclipsed him in terms of the public psyche and for commercial opportunities and the stardom. And I think it probably irked Bobby Charlton somewhat because he was a tremendous footballer. Unbelievable player. 
unbelievable mm. footballer, fantastic. Yeah, they are a hugely talented team. You know, flying winger in a, um, in a ball. You know, oh, yeah. just incredibly talented set of footballers. And uh, and and Banksy was a big part of that. And it's it, you know, it's sad to see his passing. You know, uh, is, and of course he suffered that terrible car crash when he 72. lost he lost his eye, yeah. um, lost his sight as a result of that, and still carried on playing. Um, and was a tremendous keeper, and, and ironically, as it may seem now, but of course was um, replaced by Peter Shilton, at, firstly at Leicester, and then again at Stoke, mm-hmm. um, as is often the way with football, how symmetrical it all is. Yeah, but yeah. no one could have ever anticipated that, that both of them, um, who rightfully, I think, they claim to be England's two finest goalkeepers post-war, um, although personally, I think Banks was better than Shilton, but you can argue the toss. Mm. Um, they played, of course, at a time when the ball was much heavier, when challenges on the goalkeepers were now be regarded or classified as some form of criminal assault um, and lived to tell the tale. And, yeah. and whereas, you know, um, watching, I think, Rafa Benitez on TV last night bemoaning what he thought his keeper being clattered in the final minute against Wolves. I mean, that was just literally... He got blown on by a bit of wind in comparison yeah. to what these yeah. guys had to withstand. Yeah. Both of them six foot tall. Yeah. Yep. No more. Shilton and Banksy. Yeah. 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 And yeah. one wonders if they would have got past the kind of selection process of modern mm. academies for mm. goalkeepers, whatever, because there aren't many... You know, Jimmy Walker wasn't a tall kid, no, was he? No. He was almost Green, the last. Green's not Green, a giant. Well, he was still comfortably yeah, over than six you, foot. Yeah, yeah. But, but because of the fashion um, of the day, they, yeah. they learned how to catch the ball. Um, and I'm obviously um, quite... It, it's congruous with my age that I still, even today, can't understand why so many keepers punch when I think they should catch. Yeah. And Robert uh, Greencourt, didn't Well, he? Robert... De- and and, and, and Fabianski, Fabianski does. does. Yeah, but yeah. Fabianski makes catches for which he gets the, at home um, a standing ovation from 57,500 home fans, which Phil Parks would have taken blindfold. Yeah, yeah. No one would have even paid any attention to it because they would have expected him to take every single yeah. one one-handed. Parksy, Parksy would have probably caught it one hand. I he, mean, he did oh, that he a lot, he? Did, he yes. sort of collected a ball with one hand yeah. and then the other came up to meet it. Yeah. It was like, Different. You know, extraordinary. Different days, different times, yeah. but great, great players and great characters. Good on you, Banksy. Uh, we're all sorry to see you go. Agreed. Today uh, we will be talking about uh, the game of the weekend. Uh, Jim and I went to it. We did, we did, yes. As did I. Oh, you went I did, but I I was fortunate enough to be invited into the posh seat. I entered into your territory. I was very Mm. nervous for a boy from Um, East End to go to South London, but I managed it. I've got to say, the the Arthur Waite stand does not get more inviting as the years (laughs) go by. It doesn't. It is a shithole, that place. (laughs) And, uh, you know, actually, I think, you know, that there's been a thread on it in one of the the, um, websites on News Up Mother Brown. Actually, I'm I'm slightly alarmed that it gets a safety certificate as it is because <laughs> because it, honestly, if if there was a kind of you know crisis or disaster there, it's not an easy place to get out. Yeah, of, is it? no, it's, it's not. Bit, I, I got the I got you know, to the game comfortably at rubbish. about ten to three. And I finally, you know, met you at about five yeah. past three. Yeah. Uh, you know, it took 15 minutes yeah. just to basically kind of get in through the narrow aperture, the, uh, the access to our... Well, you there, know, there, there isn't seats. enough... I really don't think there is enough space behind the stand for everybody who's in the stand if they if they were to come out no. in, onto the. Concourse. And I have to no. say that walk down from Sulla Station is just horrible. Well, we went Sorry. we went Norwood, the Norwood Junction yeah, route this Norwood time, Junction, which is yeah. marginally easier actually. Right. Yeah, that uh, the ginger lines yeah, opened up that yeah, sort of area yeah. a bit better. Um, but but we'll, uh, and the view's rubbish, isn't it? Yes, I mean, if you're up the uh, you put, uh, if you're unfortunate enough to be up the back. You know, you you see very little of yeah. the game, to be honest, and and, and of course quite... that means a lot of people move into the aisles. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, understandably because they want to try and see the game, and this. Mm. Yeah, I, I, but for all that, don't half generate a great atmosphere at the palace. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's an old, it's also, an old you know, fashioned ground. That West Ham fans were on song that day. Yeah, yeah we, we were, were good. Yeah. We were good singing. Very good singing. Yeah. Uh, so we talk about that. We talk about uh, we uh, because he's here. We'll talk about uh, supporters advisory. Um, board Bureau? No, so, it's not called that anymore. B- it's, oh. a, it's the uh, official supporters board now. I see. Because mm. that matters. The OSB. Right, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the name change. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, Mainly about Well, we'll discuss that a lot. We'll discuss, right. At length. Yes, we will. Yeah. Uh, we'll Jim, break language it down. Is We'll your, unpack it. Language yes. is your... 
Metier. <laughs> yes. Metier. Yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever that might mean. Absolutely. <laughs> I, like, I like that you just said unpack. And after I did that letter from um, <laughs> Sullivan a couple of weeks ago, you went, he's woke. Your love of language, Jim. I like to keep, that's, the new term. Like, Jim, that's the new term now, yeah, isn't well, it? Well, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. We like to yeah. keep pace yeah. with Jim, these things. The English like language keep... is a fluid thing. It and is. Jim, it's a on, dynamic thing. You're on top of it. No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, mate. I'm not on top of it. I'm in and amongst it. Well, that's wicked. I'm wallowing in it as we speak. I'm like a sort of linguistic hippo. Be quiet, Jim. All right, so now uh, we. Uh, so it was an, you know, it was a, it was a game of two halves. Um, like we said last week about uh, um, uh, Klopp's comments after the game. Obviously, you don't entirely take what what managers say either before or after a game into a press microphone all that seriously. But after the game, Pellegrini said um, uh, something along the lines of, um, you know, we made a mistake in the second half and we went. We went deep and we sort of shouldn't have done that. But it didn't feel like they had any choice in what they did. It felt like, to me, to, certainly to myself and Jim watching it, we both sort of said we faded horribly. We did. I, I think we, we did. did. I think we did. I think we really faded. It's, it, you know, certainly wasn't anything like a sort of conscious choice to go deep and go, right, we'll soak it up. I, th- I don't think they had any choice, really. They were unable to cope with... Palace getting a bit of a rocket at half time and going for it in the second half. And yeah. suddenly we seemed ill equipped to kind of counter punch. Well, w- I agree with all of that. We missed, there was a, one other chance we had in the first half. We missed the second goal opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think it was one of those games where half time came at a bad time for us and a very good time for them. Um, and I know that's cliched, but there it is, and it was true. And like most cliches, they are true. Um, and the second half, you just knew we were never going to be as good, and they couldn't have been as bad, and thus, yeah, um, and thus it, and thus it was. Um, and I think at the end of it all, I couldn't really argue with the one all. Um, Not at all. I mean, they missed a couple of fantastic chances. Um, particularly was it McCarthy? McCarthy, I don't know oh, his McCarthy, name. Yeah, when he sat yeah. down, Fabianski, that, that and then was he an extraordinary miss. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> and the Batshuayi one was bad as well. I mean, he really, you know, he really I just had that awful that. feeling though, that Batshuayi was bound to score on Saturday. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. I mean, and how he did, but thankfully he didn't. So maybe it doesn't make it feel so yeah. bad. First half, we were very good. I thought we uh, we we were dynamic. The sort of fullbacks were good. Um, Fredericks. You know, the second half, uh, Zahar came into the game, but I wonder whether he was allowed more into the game by sort of slightly flagging Fredericks, who did a brilliant job in the I first half. Zahar that, was I, very quiet. I think, I think that's right. I think Fredericks, not quite yet fully match fit, and he, he, he flagged a little bit. Mm. He did a, his pace was very handy against him. Though Anderson had a superb first half, really terrorised yeah. them, and I'm not astute tactically enough to, but it seemed to me they must have done something to keep him quieter in well the, uh, I think as well you know um, I, I don't like getting down the I- idea that um, the, the same 11 can't actually play two successive matches um, but um, th- they should be able to but they you know Monday night was a, was hard work against Liverpool yeah, obviously yeah. and I think it was noticeable that in m- that most players flagged come the second half I think that's right um, yeah or whether they should or they shouldn't, but the fact is that they did. Um, and we were forced back. And it comes, however, to my view, and I've, I've, I've spelled it out so many times, what we're still lacking is that real physical centre mid who can oh, grab yes. the game by the scruff of the neck. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had that on Saturday, we, it might just have been different. No guarantee, it might just have been different. Um, and equally, up front, when you're away from home... When you do get the ball, you have to hold on to it. Mm. And we didn't have anyone up front to whom it stuck. And without Arnatovic, I fear that we don't have anyone to whom the ball will actually that's stick. What I was gonna ask. So I wasn't actually at the game, and I was, I was following on a text feed annoyingly, but that's what I was going to ask. I remember you saying on the show a couple of weeks ago how to replace Arnatovic, you almost have to have two players. So yeah, when I read yeah. like, the feed and it was saying how well Antonio seemed to be doing, I thought, okay, so why is there not someone up there with him? Where, yeah. where is Arnautovic? Well, that's the problem, is that he... I mean, you know, Antonio um, does what he does very well, but he doesn't have final ball, or he doesn't have the guile to lay it off for someone. He's up there with the person that that's exactly what he needs, uh, um, 
Hernandez. He ran out of steam a bit as well, though, didn't he? Who? Antonio. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone did. It's, you know, there was a... Fans are very prickly towards uh, Arnautovic now. They've, you know, the, the, the sort of love affair has finished and now a lot of people basically kind of... He can do no right. Uh, people sort of said that he came on and made no difference at all because he is so lazy and doesn't want to be here and uh, didn't try very hard. But unfortunately, he was coming into a side that was flagging. Yeah. And was playing too deep. I mean, that, that was, that was I, you know, almost the first... I think it's interesting that I hadn't um, clocked those comments that you mentioned from Pellegrini, but I was thinking, this is unusual. We haven't normally played so... They, they no. pressed us back and we played too deep. The goal came, you know, from interplay in our box where normally we're you know we're holding yeah. a really good line on the edge of the um yeah of the, and, and sort of Fredericks was 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 struggling a little bit with that yeah. and played them on side a couple of a couple of times when they had chances I think one in the Benteke had a chance in the he first did. oh that was a terrible miss where, thankfully where, where yeah. It was, yeah. well uh, yeah it was a good save wasn't it, it yeah was I think decent, should, I decent think he should have done save, better though. and and had Fabianski not made it I think we'd have all been yeah. very disappointed you yeah. expect Fabianski but to make I, that yeah but I felt that meant that by the time Anatovic did come on he was 30, 40 Absolutely. yards away yeah. from yeah. from anybody else. And and he was, you know, it was the old thing of the one up front who's too isolated. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody doubles up on him when he gets the, you know, the ball now anyway. Yes. Um, and it, it, it was, you know, a systemic problem. It wasn't just him. I think it was... Do, the, do you yeah. feel that, that people are, like you say, prickly towards him now? Because I think one of the yes, things I, I, I find are. baffling is that we've made a statement to... Yeah, we're not going to let him go. We're going to make him stay. We're going to make him honor his contract or whatever. And then, you know, this news leaks of well, actually, he's only he's only staying because we're paying him more. I'm going to let him go by the end of the season. So, what's the point of keeping a player, forcing him to stay, and then releasing the details of why he's staying and turning the fans against him? He's not going to perform at his best. He might as well just fucking well, let him go. Well, I suspect they never got the kind of money that they That's would exactly have felt. What it's all about. You know, they, the offer was never. More than about thirty-five million. No, but if you wanted to play you for know. you, why release details saying that he's only staying for this reason? Well, you don't do the PR thing. Let him say his know, piece. Let know, him say, know, you know, some know. people will swallow the bullshit, some won't. But it just seems yeah. so counterproductive. Well, yeah. yeah, but I think there's a there's a bigger game here. The first is, of course, that under Premier League rules, um, a player can't just amend, or a club or a player can't just amend a contract. You actually have to sign a new contract, and without knowing the details. West Ham have clearly paid him some more money and they have clearly agreed a buyout clause. And if that buyout clause is less than 50 million, I'll be shocked. And what West Ham have done, and I actually think correctly for once, can't believe I say that, I never thought I'd agree with the Dilday brothers doing anything, but there they are, that they have ensured that when he goes, he will not go to whomever he goes, in whichever country he goes, it will not be less than 50 million. Mm, mm. And if it is less than 50 million, he's going to have to stay and get on with it. And that will, of course, bearing in mind there's a 20% sell-on to Stoke, even at 50 million, only nets us 40 million. And with that 40 million, it means that if it be true and a deal has effectively been agreed, we can go and buy... um, Maxi Gomez for his 40-odd million, and it's, it's cost-neutral. Yeah. And that's where they're looking to get to. Yeah. And I think that after the humiliation that the board suffered with the Payet situation, they were not prepared to tolerate being humiliated again. And they put their foot down, and they have actually, I think, made the best of a bad lot. Look, the simple fact of the matter is that we all have to get used to it. We're all massively loyal around this table. But footballers no longer are loyal to clubs in the main. There are exceptions. There are some, particularly at Tottenham, dare I say it. Um, We've got Mark Noble. We've got Declan Rice. But the reality is now great players will only stay at a club like ours because we ain't in the Champions League and we're not going to win the league and we all know that. They're only going to be hanging around for a couple of years and then they'll look... They will treat us like a stepping stone and look to move on. And therefore, you have to grasp that reality, how painful that reality may be, and look to ensure that you get the best money you can and can replace them in the most cost-effective way. And that's, I think, all they've sought to have done with Arnautovic. And I think that the remainder of the season 
really doesn't matter particularly as far as the running of the club is concerned. Unless we have a massive explosion, or implosion, should I say, we are safe. We ain't going to go down, and we should now be looking, and I think it's what the club are looking for next season. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. going to be really, really They've got to do some good business in the summer, haven't they? I, I, I don't they disagree with what you say, but I think the leaking of, of certain details don't help because if you know if we want someone to come in and pay 50 million for him he needs he needs to be playing at his best yeah he's not going to do that if he's got 60,000 people on his back yeah yeah it's hard isn't it it's 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 very difficult in the kind of uh, you know social media age for people not to kind of make snap judgments about players you know there was a it's very difficult now with, uh, you know, who's a Judas and who's not a Judas. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know as I think I've posted a few times, every time you see a kind of uh, a wave of uh, hostility forming towards a player, well, both Moore and Brooking put in transfer requests. It's just, you know, it's just that that doesn't become entirely public knowledge all the time. And for people to kind of just chew over, mm-hmm. argue over, and then form the opinion that they don't like a player. You know, Scott Parker pretty much worked... 100% in every game he played for us. He did. Because he went to Spurs, uh, people ended up sort of somehow reverse engineering an idea that he stopped playing in his last mm. few games for us. He scored in his last game for us. That's not mm. someone who has stopped playing. Yeah. You know, he didn't score a lot of goals, but he scored in his very last no, game think, he played I, I for us. I think that's absolutely true. He I, clearly played yeah. to his best ability. People somehow reverse engineered a, a, a notion that that, you know... Uh, Scott Parker, uh, Craig Bellamy, you know, whoever, Denver Bar, you know, stopped sort of playing when they knew they were getting a move away because they had already become traitors to the cause. Yeah. And then players move to other clubs. Yeah, well, players can. come to us yeah. from other clubs. If we want a exactly. good player, Absolutely. they need to betray exactly. someone else. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the Stoke fans presumably feel betrayed by him, you know, uh, when he came here. And I mean, they do. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. I mean, I, in terms of what you said, Jim, Jim, I think there's, it's a bit of chicken and egg that, though, because if he, if, he, if, he, if he puts a shift in and he scores a hat-trick against Fulham, all will be forgotten and forgotten. Let's hope so, yeah. very, very And let's hope that's exactly so what happens. it's not, you know, people, football fans are fickle. If, he, if he's playing well and, 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 and scoring goals, nobody's going to be, it'll all be forgotten very quickly. So we, uh, so just, uh, just to, you know, bring, uh, to cap off the, uh, the Palace performance, I think it was, you know, we, we that's absolutely, Right, we 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 should have scored another goal from open play in the first half. Yeah. I think we scored that penalty, but we we did boss that first half. Again, talking about managers in post matches, obviously Hodgson can't say anything else other than than you know uh, West Ham played very well in the first half, but we matched them. They didn't. We were much better. Agreed. We bossed that yeah, first half. We did. And what we needed to do was put the ball in the goal once more. At least it's not the first time, is it, that Snodgrass has got into that kind of position. And not beaten the keeper, mm, is it? I mm. mean, there was one at Arsenal very yeah, early yeah, on in the yeah. season. You know, he's scored a couple of great goals, yes. and uh, I think he's been long fantastic. Range one, but range, sometimes yeah. he's just, oh, you just, I'm, he's, I'm he afraid. I wish he wasn't the one on the end of that cold. I'm afraid that um, I haven't quite bought in like a lot of West Ham fans to the uh, the Robert Snodgrass ism that's happening at West Ham. I I think is a limited footballer. He's I a Colton th- Cole. Well, I, th- I tend to, actually, I agree with you, Jim. I think he is. Um, and him aside, and, and why I said at the outset, there are reasons to be cheerful. I think that we know we're going to end up mid-table. We're going to win a few games before the end of the season. We're going to lose a few games. We win perhaps a couple that we shouldn't. We're going to lose a couple that we shouldn't. But I think the overriding sense is that we have, to me, turned a corner. Um, I'm not suggesting for a minute that we're going to be making the top four next season, even if we make the right purchases. But there's a sense around the place home and away that we are for the first time in a very long time moving in the right direction. We're playing football essentially in what is the West Ham way. We've got a proper goalkeeper, and I would say on one season and one season only, um, the closest we've had... Um, to the man from somewhere near Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. or Moscow rather. Um, then we, you know, we've got we've got one very good centre back, if not two. Kreza 
and Arnaut and Antonio have enjoyed a renaissance that very few of us would have foreseen at the beginning of the season, which no. I think is fantastic, particularly Kreza. Um, Fredericks has shown in the last couple of matches that he can play at the Premier League yes, level. Yes, absolutely. Um, we all know the great strides Declan Rice has made throughout the entire season, and there's no reason to believe, if you just follow the law of averages, that he's going to get anything other than better and wiser and stronger and fitter. Um, Felipe Anderson is now starting to show in most games that which he can really do, and he does have a mercurial quality. And when you sit back and you look at it as it is as I've painted it, it's the best it's been for me for many, many years. And it's almost as if those dark, dark days of the Allardyce creature from outer space and the Moyes creature and Avram Grant have just vanished and there's just a sense of positivism well, it's, around it's the place starting well, again this feels like the first season in the thunderdome you know I agree. we yeah, balled yeah, yeah, up yeah, those yeah, first yeah, two yeah, yeah. so catastrophically especially after the last season at the old place that we i mean we just shot ourselves in the foot it was like self sabotage and uh, and it feels like this year is our first year in the new season the first we we um uh we did fade in the second half of that game, and we've got yeah. players coming back, which is good. Yeah. Balbuena, you know, um, uh, Ogbonna has been good the last few games. Uh, Jim, you were saying that it, the the pl- central defenders playing on their right side is a kind of you know correct. You sort of said that um, <clears throat> was it you that said that sort of Reed and Ogbonna worked well because they're, they were both playing on their natural foot, but then when that changed, no, Ogbonna they both like they both like playing on the left, right, don't right. they? On the left yeah, side, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But there is a kind of... I, I must admit that when players are in the centre of the park, if, if they're not kind of on the flanks, I actually don't know what foot any footballer plays with. You know, Mark Noble could be left-footed as far as... I, I know he's not, but, you know, that's a bad example. But, uh, you know, I know what foot the players on the flanks play with, but but central defenders, I'm never quite sure what foot they... is their, is their yeah. natural foot. But uh, I think you said that, uh, that Diop Balbuena works well yeah, because I they're both does. on their it's right balance, sides. There's a balance about that, I think, that, that, that was that was going really well and, and de- developing mm. partnership. It looks it like a shame that got interrupted. It looks like he's nearly I on like his way back. I like Bonner because he wins things in the air. Yes. Diop, for it's a tall lad, has got to get better in the air. He's not good enough. He doesn't win enough aerial duels no. at this step, but I'm sure he will get better. Um, I think the poor lad is 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 been running himself into the ground. Yeah, and I think we're talking that, about Diop. Uh, Diop, yeah. 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 I mean, he would not have been expected. I don't think at the start of the season to play pretty much every, every game, minute every, every game. minute of yeah, every yeah. game, because of the circumstances. He's he's had to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hope you know he's getting. I, I think the break with the FA Cup. Is fortuitous for us, yeah. and I think it, it, you know it'll recharge some batteries. I think it, it, it might, it, but it, I have to yeah. say it might. But honestly, um, if ever was a season <laughs> where we may well have won it, I know this. You know, mm-hmm. with the, the way in which the draw has panned out, Chelsea are going to knock out United, or United are going to knock out Chelsea. Oh, it's well, only going to leave yeah. one, and then there's Man City. Yeah, and when you know, you only need to avoid each of those for the next round or two. We've got the sort of team. That on its win day a one-off game. can be Absolutely. anybody, yeah. and and I yeah. think it's a real, it's a real shame, shame. Yeah. that we yeah, yeah. S- we were just so poor. Oh, well, I was at I was at, at Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah. I mean, it was defied belief. It was, it was really disgraceful yeah. in so many ways. But you could see they were utterly discombobulated. And I, I you know, people say you can over exaggerate off-field events, but I do think the Arnautovic thing had just discombobulated mm, a lot of them mm. and it was the, 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 they were arguing with each other on the field it was just really was a, was a mess but we, we it looks like we've got Balbuena coming back uh, uh, Nasri uh, looks yeah. like he might be available which is good and uh, Lanzini there's a possibility of Lanzini who we know when he comes back doesn't hit the ground no, he running He's, he looks rusty and very out of sorts but uh, you know hopefully we'll, be, you know, we'll see him before the end of the season well I it's mean, fingers I'm, crossed isn't yeah. it because he's had the kind of injury that ends yeah, absolutely. So, I, you don't want to rush him back, no. and I think with Nasri there, you don't have to rush him back. You know, no. it's sort of like. No. Uh, but we, we, yeah. The, I mean, part of not scoring from open play in that uh, in the Palace game sort of spoke to, I think, a kind of a lack of just a tiny bit of guile, sort of in the penalty yeah, we are area, because that. those players that have that Yarmolenko, Lanzini, 
Nasri. Bless him, the mysterious Jack Wilshire, who I think might be a figment of my imagination. <laughs> Nasri, you know, Arnautovic was sort of injured and then, um, you know, transfer. Well, that bound, was that was the great you know. that was the great irony of of the Liverpool game when, in some of the social media, Liverpool fans were complaining that they had an injury crisis, yeah, and I yeah. was thinking, what fucking team do you support? Look at the team I support. We could field eleven. Um, who as starters, yeah. and you're complaining because you've lost a couple of right backs. Plus Get they, over yeah, yeah. Plus, they yeah. had 14 on the night, so they can't really complain, can they? <laughs> no, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I think so, you're absolutely right about those, you know, the quality that you've, you've, you've gone through there. And of course, you know, that, that, that's another thing. Snodgrass really should have been and would have been. A squad, a squad player. Yeah, that's all he is. You know, yeah. coming off the bench. That's all he is. And I, I, I the, the, re- the reason I'm particularly uh, fond of what he's done this season is that he's he's stepped up. He really has yeah. stepped up. He doesn't hide. He looks for the ball. He always, always runs his uh, runs himself into the ground. Um, and he's produced some moments of real of real quality. I mean, against Palace at home was his was his probably his best. Um, 45 minutes mm-hmm. in a West Ham shirt and after the equaliser which was a terrific goal um, yeah. it, 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 you could see he was he grew an extra couple of yeah. f- feet mm-hmm. or metres or whatever um, mm-hmm. to use old money or new money um, but what he does is um, to use an old fashioned term that you've used much more politely um, Jim Izzy runs his bollocks off and traditionally West Ham fans love players that yeah. do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. So we have got this break, uh, which is which is great. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was fatigue in the second half, uh, uh, and uh, and hopefully with some players coming back with that rest, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to that other game. So Jim, you are on the uh, the official supporters, the OSB uh, yes. now, and how is that? Uh, yeah, it's good so far um so uh, you know the, the previous supporters advisory board i think got a lot of flack um for not doing a lot and mm-hmm. i've been i'd been to a couple of those meetings and to be honest they were kind of moaning circles where yeah. the same people would come back ask the same questions of the club and kind of get answers of yeah we're looking into that or we're doing this yeah what's what's changed this time around and you know my, my husband won't thank me for it is that we have a few meetings, well, three meetings a season with the club. But in between that, we're off doing work with various members of the club staff right. to try and make a difference. So, Oh, interesting. What sort of things? So at the moment we're looking... Well, one of the things we're doing is um, looking into kit design for the season after next. Right. So if there's kit, then shit, you can blame us rather than anyone else but on the on a positive side what the what's things happening that make with it, my elizabethan ruffs type <laughs> idea that that i, well, I submitted we, looking we, into we, that we now. tried that under that that that, mm, that, that, that i think it's uh, a material the, the, the it's a problem kit with the bubbles yeah that was is, a bit, is this a bit oh yeah can i ask is this an elizabethan ruff that covers the three adidas stripes or is it an elizabethan ruff that only covers the nike nike swoosh well it's umbro at the moment so no but in, in two years time it won't be umbro right right it'd be one of those two it, yeah. We'll be with the big boys. Well, we oh, were yes. briefly Adidas, weren't we? That we Adidas with, kit was the was good, best, wasn't good. it? Those, it's those always been yeah, the yeah. best kit, the yeah, Adidas yeah, kit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we seemed to have, it felt like we had that for about half a season. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gone, yeah. gone. Well, for me, the kit has to have light blue sleeves, and those Adidas oh. kits very often haven't had. No, but the one that did have the, um, the, the, the light blue sleeves, yes. um, which was the year that the, 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 the sponsor went bust. Yeah. Oh, right, um, yeah, 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 okay. What, XL? Yes, yeah. or whoever it was. Um, and that was the same kit. Mm, that mm. had light blue sleeves yeah. with the three white stripes on yeah, the shoulder. Right. And I thought that... Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, my first, my first right. demand will be that the kit the away kit isn't grey because that fucking yeah. grey kit oh, yeah, on so Saturday right, again that's the first it point we've got in that yeah, yeah. we've never yeah, won yeah. in it have no. we no. No, no it's like that yeah. Man United grey kit of you yeah. know when Fergie made them change it at half time yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. no Against good didn't do them any bloody good either it's they still not lost proper grey is it it's it not. really it's is it, just, it looks as though it's a white kit and someone's yeah. left a black sock in but what I don't understand is why they don't wear the first choice away kit more often the Arsenal away kit because I really like I've got to say no but not there but I really like it do you? I like it until I saw the yellow socks and realised it was awesome. I don't like the yellow socks, but I like I like the the top and the shorts. Now, I quite I, like it. I'm a purist. I think that there should be a Premier League rule that says 
your your away kit must somehow reflect be an inversion of your of your essential your colours like it works in America. In which case the dirty so white on. kit does because it's got uh, the little claret and blue. No, things on the no, we can't, we can't gray, go back. Gray, we can't it? go Our back to those white. white sur- we can't go back to the white surrender shirts. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but uh, that, the, the, the kit aside, that's uh, that's a simple. It should thing be light that blue with two yeah. claret hoops. That's um, my view. And I'm sticking to it. Seriously old school there, Jim Grant. <laughs> well, I agree, but let's let Jim carry on. No, uh, so he the, knows what he's talking the, about. The biggest things that we're looking at really are the things that everyone complains about, right? So yeah. it's, it's the match they experience. What can be done to, to improve that for everyone? So we're going around with various members of the, 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 the club staff to try and see you know, what, what the fans want. So we're trying to figure out what fans want. And we're bringing it back and saying, can we do this? Yeah. So the thing we did at the last meeting, the, we had the caterers coming because obviously they they have a contract with the stadium, not with West Ham's. So there's not a lot West Ham can do. Yeah. But they said, you know, go out and speak to fans and come back and, and bring stuff to the caterers and you can question them in the session. Now, going back to the old SAB where it became a moaning shop, instead of doing that, I put it out on Twitter, brought all the feedback in, wrote a four-page report and submitted that to them a week in advance and said, come back and, and respond to that. Yeah. And to their credit, they came back and said, you know what, all we get is anecdotal you know, complaints. No one has ever put any thought into actually telling us what fans want. So they've said, now said they'd like to work with us and actually come up with a menu for next season for things that fans want. So do we want gourmet burgers or do we want dirty, you know, van yeah. burgers? Do we want, you know, cheap beer or do we want expensive premium? So, just, so that's the kind of I thing that say, we're trying to do. I think this is do. all great. But the answer to that question, because I sit on the east side, um, on the halfway line, where we can actually go out at half time. Yeah. And if you want to know the answer to what fans are eating at West Ham, go and see the business that's done outside the stadium where... It is completely different food and a much wider variety from pancakes Mm -hmm. to pie and mash to gourmet stuff. And the queues are phenomenal to the absolute shit they serve up inside. And that really is It's all run by the same people. It's Mm -hmm. all run by the same people. But the individual stalls outside, like the fish and chip stall, the pie and mash stall... They all come under the same caterer. So if people want more of that, then you can bring in more of that. Well, that's where they need to go. And and this is the popularity of it. It's obvious. Well, I've not had answers to everything yet, but a lot of the stuff that people wanted, they said, we're already doing that, but just nobody seems to be advertising it. Like I, I, I thought I was being genius saying, well, you know what? If you left the bars open for an hour after the final whistle, less people would be queuing at the stop go signs. Mm-mm. They said, we do do that. Five of the bars are open. Right. Said, really? Oh, okay. Well, some people suggested having, you know, they've got early bird pricing for the beer before yeah. kickoff. You should do that afterwards. We already do that for an oh, hour after the final whistle. You can get a pint yeah. for four. I didn't know that. So I they need, need to, to communicate these things more effectively. I think it's the biggest yeah. thing that well, we can help incredible? influence. incredible? I mean, I've been going like we all have to that stadium for two and a half years, and I thought the only place you could get a beer inside the stadium after the game was on those Heineken stands that are in the Bobby Moore end. Also, the outdoor places, apparently, they, they stay open. Well, I did as well. I didn't yeah, even I, know that. Them, I come out of no. G or H, so I don't pass those stalls. So I never saw it. Nobody told me, so I didn't know. Mm, so mm. I think a lot of this stuff is if there was a better communication around it, people would have less to kind of yeah. complain about. Yeah, yeah, yes. But there are genuine it complaints as well, to, yeah, and, and yeah. those do need yeah. to be looked into. And, and you know, there's li- there's limited kind of stuff that we can do. Sure. But at least we can take it to the club and say, look, this is what people are saying, and you're telling me you can't do it. But if people keep telling me that's what they want, then you're going to yeah. have to make a decision one way or the other. Certainly, when it was called the SAB and its old sort of incarnation, mm. I think there was a sort of a lot of uh, uh, discontent because people felt it was sort of toothless, wasn't yeah. it? And it feels like it sounds to me from what you're saying that that's kind of being addressed this season in a way. I know that you know because we have people from WHUISA on this on this podcast who are our friends. And stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm friends with George and yeah, George guys, Mann yeah. and yeah, Mark Sandell and and, and uh, um, they were pretty sort of down on it. And you know, you don't, you don't, basically you've got groups of people with the same who are all pulling in the same direction. Mm. And the last thing you want is is uh, for for someone to be doing something that's worthy and with the best intentions. That other people who have those intentions are going, no, you're doing the right thing in the wrong way. And it feels like you know that reached its kind of. Uh, uh, Nadia with the sort of you know WHUISA and the real West Ham supporters group that you know all the stuff leading up to that march yep. was was you know pretty got very nasty and also 
there was a lot of uh, good intentions cancelling each other out because yeah. you've got sort of rival factions who are supposed to be pulling in the same direction. So um, that's good that the uh, uh, the new SAB, the o- OSB, yes, OSB is, uh, is, is finding a new way of working. Yeah, I mean, I, pro- I promised the guys from the Disabled Supporters Advisory Board that I'd kind of just give some examples of the stuff that they've been working on mm. because I think they've done a huge amount of work that seems to go unnoticed and they're still finding every match day there are disabled people who don't know this stuff mm-hmm. but you know they've arranged for shuttle buses shuttle buses to pick people up from Stratford station to take them to the ground they've got 18 buses every match day right. and actually Robert Snodgrass when it, part of his uh, players project stuff when he was injured he was riding the bus and meeting the fans oh, that's oh, great okay. so yeah, you yeah. know he, he does great. seem to be genuinely a nice I guy I think he's a wholehearted guy I, I really don't, really no like him no one disagrees he's about Always stays right out when you know I've got to a lot of away games. Uh, I'm, I, I, it pisses me off when a lot of them just turn around and walk straight down the tunnel. Oh, doesn't it? All? And 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 yeah. you know he makes a point of coming over to away fans every yeah. game. I mean every this, is, but this stuff Deop. is. Yeah, well, this yeah, stuff is yeah. this stuff is pretty basic though. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I've long I've not understood why it is that players who don't make um, the first team squad on a Saturday assuming we're playing on the Saturday, but on a match day, should I say, mm. are not engaged under contract elsewhere, whether it be in the club shop, whether it be standing, it might be a bit lonely and a bit cold, at Stratford Station, um, doing whatever. It's just such a multitude of great PR and opportunities for the club, and it's like no one has given it a second no. thought. And given the... The massive discomfort of the move from the Bolin to the Thunderdome, you really would have thought it didn't take a great deal of inventive thinking to actually use the one element of the of, of the club that was almost beyond reproach, namely the players. Mm. Because fans, sure, they're scream and shout and F and blind, and quite rightly so, and throw sticks and stones and rocks and dynamite at the people that, unfortunately for us, have the stewardship of our club. But for the idiots that are run around in the claret and blue shirts, they're almost forgotten everything and anything so long as they run around and make enough effort about it. And we just don't utilise the players enough, in my view, in so many areas. Mm, mm. Politically with a small p and commercially with a big C. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, do you do you think that it's sort of a, the club program that's possibly the way to get all of this sort of information out there and make fans as awareness? What, you know, what other ways do you think that they're? Well, the, this is one of the things I've said. To them. the communication channels are generally they need to be improved. You know, they put yeah. stuff in the program. They only sell four thousand programs every day. I suppose there's the official Twitter. Twitter there's, account, there's people who you know, yeah, you and then older people don't of, use yeah. Twitter, and no, then pe- no. you know, they said they that they only put sell four thousand programs, something like that. Yeah. How many would they? Do you know how many they sold at the the, the old place? I don't know. I think a lot of it's moved to digital. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so that's yeah, one yeah, side yeah, of it. On the website. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. they say, oh, the information. This information is on the website. I was like, Sorry, guys, yeah. people don't use websites no, as no, much. No. Like, pre-match emails. We put all this stuff in there. I, I mean, I don't read them. Do any of you guys? No, nope. no. Yeah, so no. I think it's that, interesting. But, yeah. but to get the yeah. perspective of people who actually are match day supporters, we can say to them, we don't read that. That doesn't work. This yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. We can try and improve some yeah. of this stuff. Um, I sometimes wonder if they, you know, because they've become. I gave up buying programs because they were just stupidly expensive for what they were. When the program, when the program was like a quid or something, I don't know, I'm going back a long way. Mm. It didn't feel proportionally. It didn't feel. It didn't feel well, as expensive. The other as thing it was, was, of course, back in the day when I kept all my programs from about 1972 to 1984, and I, I mean, we've got a whole loft full of them. Mm. My wife will set fire to them one day soon. I'm hardly missed a program for all that period of time, but. Um, they were much smaller. You could actually chuck them in your yes, pocket. Were, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Now, yeah. Um, it's like the, it's the equivalent, it's the football equivalent of the Sunday newspapers. Yeah. You need a rucksack to get the bloody thing home. Yeah. And you can't just shove it in your pocket. It's got a load of garbage in it, in truth. There's nothing insightful. It's been completely overtaken by electronic mediums. It's so yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I wonder if it's, it's you know, if they, if they came out with a less flashy, less expensive, slimmer thing more people would buy it and actually in the end oddly enough they make more money feedback to the board (laughs) Um, i mean the other great thing of course was but we are going back to a time well i'm going back to a time when the program pretty much featured 
um, what the starting eleven would be, which yeah. you wouldn't otherwise know. It wouldn't pop no, up on your right. phone well, yeah. an hour before the game. Time, yes. And of course, the other great interest back in the day was the, which I really miss, and I think they should just put it there for old time's sake, were the letters of the alphabet alongside um, the running track, where they would scores. have the half-time scores, <laughs> and A would be, say, Arsenal versus oh, Burnley. And um, <laughs> proper old school, hard hardcore, but that's how you got, you know, what the half-time results were. Yeah, I think, oh, we, should, it all I think we should revert to all bovel, of that. Wagon wheels, a bloke hey, chucking peanuts. I want that. Uh, I want that. I want, I want the bloke with the two tray. points for a win, Jim. Campa- <laughs> campaign for that. I want the bloke with the tray walking down the chicken run. I want Trevor Brooking. I want Billy Bonds. Much better, even though he's now thankfully going to be on a stand about bloody time, might I say? Yes. Um, and I want Bobby Moore, and all will be well with the world. Absolutely. When I get home. Oh, another results on CFAX. What's CFAX? CFAX? What's up to CFAX? CFAX, you're fucking futuristic. CFAX, I used to have to wait till the next morning when the daily when the paper came through the letterbox. CFAX. I used to when I wanted to know what the score was at Chelsea, I used to walk there from, from Upton Park and find and just ask people on the streets what the score was. And I walk, did that with all the Walk? I would have given anything to walk. I had to wait for someone to push my fucking wheelchair. Walk. <laughs> John Cleese, thank you very much. Let's yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Um, <coughs> Jim, anything else on that page? Yeah, no, of notes no, no. It's just, it's just uh, because I think the, the disabled support stuff is so important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few things I wanted to just get out there. Yeah. So um, <coughs> there's an uh, introduction of non-visible disability passes. So people who've got, like, for instance, um, autism or people with dementia. Oh yeah, yeah. So they can get assistance if they need it. Um, they are planning a sensory room for families with autistic children, right? Which, so they can enjoy oh, the yes, game as yes. well. Um, and if you have a look on the DSAB um, page on the website, you'll see there's loads of stuff they're achieving, and it's actually making a big difference to a lot of people. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's to be applauded, regardless yeah, of what you think of things. the main sort of things. Yeah, yeah. These are things that need to get out into uh, uh, just media generally, aren't they? I mean, not just advertising to the fans of the club. Do they still do just... what used to be? I used to think was fantastic um, back in the day, as we're going back to the 70s, when they would have the, the commentaries for the blind... Um, do they still do that? Because, you know, it used to be um, th- there would be a guy that would be wired up to um, some blind people with headphones. This is in the 1970s, I kid you not. And he would actually commentate on the game. So they would get all... They couldn't wow. see it, obviously, but they'd get the atmosphere and they could hear the crowd noise. And he, you, know, you could hear him, depending on where you sat. He used to sit in the old West Side. Um, you know, it'd be, Brooklyn the Bonds, Bonds, Bonds running down the wing, chips it back in, and it was fantastic. Jim does a lot of that for me, just because I don't really know what's going on a lot of the time. <laughs> Jim, Jim explains a lot of the rules and who, who people certainly are. Certainly, create a kind of digest of the first 10, 15 minutes of most games because you are rarely there for the beginning. I miss about the first quite, 10 seconds of the game. Good. And that's, that's, that's because, there were years and years and years that you didn't know the game started with a kickoff. You used to think they used to bounce the ball in. Uh, that, that's a game of scissors, paper, stone, is we, how I thought. We're going to, to, to matters gourmand. Um, that, that, that's because Phil can't get away from the rib man in time to exactly. get down to the game. Exactly, yeah. that's the reason. We need the rib man inside yeah. the stadium. It's now a The rib man can be inside the stadium if he wants to be. And how much is it going to cost the rib man to be inside the stadium? That's the big issue, isn't it? No, it's not. Actually, it's to do with... Uh, well, actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but <laughs> he, no, he, he he's, is in discussion with the caterers. Oh, great. Yeah, they, oh. They, they've said he's more than welcome. But anyone, actually, who has a oh, business Nathan's and has the right... come back um, to me. If they've got the right um, certificates and stuff, there's no reason why they can't go to the caterers and say, yeah, I'd like to have a stand. Oh. I think we should form a business, boys. Oh. I can see the future. I can I'm going to uh, open up a small nail parlour. In, uh, <laughs> uh, but only claret and blue nails. Yes. You're going to call it ham- Hammer's a... Nails? Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. I like it. Let's do it, lads. It's a must, isn't Let's it? Let's do it. Uh, yep. I've, I've hired a small number of Korean women with face masks. Corner. Let's, let's have Poetry Corner. It's just Speaker's Corner just where we can just say what we think come and have performance. <laughs> oh, well, actually, yeah. so the, like this, the, the fan zone thing, you know, they are saying that people who are in bands or whatnot can apply to, to perform. You could always go and do some do spoken words. Spoken, spoken word. poetry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I might do that. That's a, that's a, now, that's a modern expression. Jim, as I get Jim heckled, just, I wouldn't... Jim I wouldn't. has just used the word uh, spoken word spoken instead words. of poetry, because that's what people yeah. call poetry yeah. now, spoken yeah, yeah, words. Yeah, spoken if you call, like, Henry Rollins or whoever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kate Tempest. Kate Tempest. She's spoken word, isn't yeah. it? Spoken word. What happened yeah. to John Cooper Clark? Where does he fit in? Is he a poet um, or is he a spoken word artist? He's a, he's a poet. He's a poet. 
Okay, yeah. I'm, these lines are getting What's too blurred for me. Is a rapper a spoken word artist as well? I no, that's so. a word that's Possibly. misspelt because yeah, it should start yeah. with a C. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, there was a, there was a really early on uh, when hip hip hop first came along. When so hip hop like eighty two, eighty three. There was a sort of film that capitalised on on the new craze for, and this is like sort of Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster Flash, and this film was called uh, Rapping. And they had to change the posters to put the R as close to the left-hand side because people were just graffitiing a C at the beginning of absolutely every poster in London. So they, they had to take all the posters down or cover them up with ones where the R was right up against the left-hand side of the poster because we were just calling it crapping. Absolutely. Um, so we should move towards the end of the podcast. We've yes. been speaking now for four hours, and yes. we should uh, try and wrap this I'd up. I so just like briefly, yes. if I may, just to come back to something that Simon was with his optimism. I just like I just wanted to sound a note of caution because everything you I agreed to a certain extent, but everything you said about the, the the your analysis of the team and where it's going. But I feel that we could easily have said the same thing about the first Billich season and yeah. Pyatt and the first. You know, um, we had a world-class player playing for us. We had, we had um, uh, you know, plus goal difference for the fir- first time, and so on. And it did. You know, the future looked rosy at that at that point, and it all turned to uh, to dust, really. Um, and that was partly down to, I think, management and, and whatever. But I think it was partly down to a couple of bad. Transfer windows, and uh, it seems to me so important. The acid test for what you've what you've said in Second terms of optimism season. has got to be this summer window coming I, up. Because if they don't stump up big money again, if they think they've basically done the job last summer with 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 your Anderson and mm. and whatever, and they think they're going to rely on Declan Rice and uh, and whatnot, and the people are going to come back like Yeah, exactly. Um, they have got to address the issue that you mentioned, which is central midfield. Yep. We need Reed. Let's face it, oh, it's, it's not it's going over. to come back. Doesn't so we've right. got to get another commanding centre half. We have to. We will have to buy at least two quality strikers. No, we will better than we've got I, at the but, moment. But we will. We, we will because we'll have to move on. But I think what the difference is, and what gives me optimism, and I was slow to be in, um, enamoured with him. Dare I say it? Um, is Pellegrini? Yeah. yeah. I think he is the deciding factor and he makes the difference one i think that this board are very fearful of not giving him the tools to do the job and picking up on your hammers and nails thing before um but giving him the tools to do the job and what i really like about him is that um just for for your purposes jim um he treats those imposters of disaster and triumph just the same. We lost the first four games of the season. He didn't get upset. He didn't start chucking his toys out of the pram. It wasn't the biggest disaster in the world. He just said, give us another four. We'll see how it is then. Then we won that middle four in the middle season. Was he making proclamations that we're going to bring, we're going to win the Premier League? No, No, he wasn't. And that's what I really like about him. There's a sense of control that he brings with him and wisdom and I think that is what makes it very different to the last season at um, Upton Park when of course we had a genuine world-class player but there was I think as well that sense that this was built a little bit on sand where I think now there's a sense that is actually built on terra firma and we've got a very wise and a very able manager whom the board hold in awe. I think the difference as well with him, the thing you get additionally with him, is I think we get value for money in the transfer window. Because I think in the transfer window with Pellegrini, I think the kind of players that will attract for that money are different to the kind that Billich would attract. Because I think, you know, whoever Billich brought in, it would have to be partly because of the money. With Pellegrini, it's, you know, the money and the pull of working with a world-class manager. Look, I... I, I, de- I, I essentially agree with you I desperately want to believe in, 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 in what you've both you're just, said you're just you're but just my, well, my first caution. question to you is yep. would be would be number one would be 
the, the, the thing of the built on sand thing, is there a bit of hindsight in that? Did you really genuinely feel, oh, this is only built on sand at the time as we got our plus seven goal difference or whatever um, it was? No. We were beating Man United. I, I tell you to, what, uh, you know, I, I did feel. I did. Liverpool well, and Manchester no, City. I genuinely away felt and, you know, it was a fantastic season, but it had to me that sense always that this is just a remarkable one off season um, because as we discussed before, never in my entire life, and I'm now unfortunately, or depending on your point of view, or fortunately, closer to 60 than I am to 50, um, never in my entire life had we gone through a season where in, in the top tier we had won away at Liverpool and at Everton, we had won away at the Arsenal, um, we had won away at Man City, yeah. we had drawn away at Man United. Um, and at Chelsea. And, and at Chelsea. We beat... T- the only team in the top six, as they were called, that actually beat us in the league the whole season was Tottenham in a game, in fact, we should have won. Uh, in which the referee didn't know the laws. Correct. Yes. So um, that was the only team in the top six, yeah. so, so-called, that beat us that whole yeah. season. Now, that's never happened in my entire bloody no, no, life. No, no, okay. So a freakish set and, of and I, and I always thought it was because, you know, it's... It's easy to look back, of course, now with retrospect and appear, you know, wise with hindsight. And I don't want to look to do that. But Pyatt was simply so magnificent. Yes. Um, that, you know, there was always that sense, well, what if he got... I had... Well, yes. what if he gets injured? And if you remember, about midway through the season, he did get injured at yes. home against well, Everton. Everton yeah. And we weren't quite the same no. until he came back. No, no, remember, this true. is the season that yeah. Leicester won the league as well, right? So yes. this was a, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Was Okay, so things were freaky. I accept yeah. all that. And, and the... Um, and the big teams paid the price to a certain extent for actually taking their foot off the gas yeah. in the transfer market. I accept all that. And my sort of question to you, or, or, or my response to you, is, is that again, I, I do, I love Pellegrini. I love the football he wants us to play. I love the way in which he's giving us back West Ham fans back our football yep. and the way we, you know, after all the ridiculous stuff with Allardyce and whatnot. Um, and it's it's thrilling, and I'm really enjoying it all. But I feel. Um, and I think you're right about attracting players, but I feel that there is a sort of track record in terms of the owners of not backing managers after after you know as there time is. goes on, and even at times undermining them. Well, I agree and with I that. I really Jim. hope that doesn't repeat. Itself. I think what's different, however, is that Pellegrini, unlike any manager the Dildo Brothers have ever hired before, he is in a position of preeminence over them and if they don't deliver financially Pellegrini can just walk away and he can say bugger it you know I've got so much money I don't need this aggravation and I think they will give him pretty much what he wants Mm -hmm. and he is clearly selecting the players that we're looking at they are not or they are no longer doing that and I think and I hope desperately we're on that march upwards because I think um, if you look at it without getting too carried away, if we make a couple of very important big signings and things remain equal, um, I think Arsenal and Chelsea are going to fall away. They are on the slide, and, aren't they? Mm. And I don't know how long the great run of form is going to continue at Tottenham because they're going to have to pay for that wonder stadium, and it is a wonder stadium. Sorry, everyone, it bloody well is. But they're going to have to pay for it, and you just never know um, where we might actually push it if we mm. do it right. Mm. We, um, you know, we've achieved uh, uh, a couple of draws after a couple of defeats. We're, we're not, you know, we've steadied the ship, but we're, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the next game we've got two weeks off and uh, we've got some opposition that we should be able to deal with. What do we hope will happen in that game? Well, we, we hope we'll muller Fulham. Yeah, um, you'd want I, to, I, wouldn't you? It's home, I, I, you know. I, I, Friday night under the lights. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, we got stuffed 3-0 by Brighton under the lights. Uh, yeah, but that's Brighton. We always yeah, yeah, get stuffed yeah, by Brighton. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think we've got, we, need to make it, we need to make a clear statement because we've got, if we, you know, we must, must win that game because I think we've got Manchester City coming up. We after, have yeah. after that. We have to help and them win the league. You know, um, so uh, if we don't win that, if we, if, you know, if we cock up against Fulham, then we're almost certainly going to lose to Man City away. Uh, suddenly we're now only sort of 33 points and other teams will be, Palace might get, you know, 
yeah. we get sucked, not sucked back Harder into relegation, bit, but, but we can know, forget yeah, about yeah. top half if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, we're still right in the battle. I'm to, never to, confident, to I must say, that's because I had a lifetime supporting this club. I'm never confident we're going to win any game. No. I'd like to pretend that I am, but I'm never at that confident. And I've seen the greatest West Ham teams and never been confident we'd win. However, I have to say this, that Fulham are so piss poor that yeah. I would be shocked. Even I would be shocked if we didn't win that game. Without us being particularly great, even if it's a scrappy 1-0, yeah. I mean, they are now falling so far behind. Um, you know, you would need to blow air in all orifices to keep this one afloat, yeah, I'm afraid yeah. to say. Yeah. And I, th I think that it, almost despite our best efforts, or <laughs> we, we should almost inevitably win that yeah, game. we should, we should. Uh, predictions, uh, Jim? 4-0. To us, wow. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Jim? Um, it's LGBT History Month. It's our fifth anniversary at Pride of Irons, and we're playing the Cottagers. So the gay the, oh, gods have aligned. Oh, yes. yes. So I think... Stars um, 3-0 <clears throat> for me. 3-0. Uh, Simon? I think it's going to be 2-1. And unfortunately, I can't be there because I... My wife's very sick. My wonderful wife has a very significant birthday on that Friday, so we're out. So I'm not going to see it. But if you want to text me the results as I'm out, I'm quite happy to look at my phone. I, I will be forgiven will, for that. I will text you. That Thanks very much for that. Text you half time scores and thank you very much for that. And possibly every 15 minutes during the game, I will text you okay. also for legal advice because I she, intend to get into a lot of trouble. Well, no well I'll be the one to get into a lot of trouble. But she's <laughs> she's had so many years of it. She knows that there are three people in our marriage: her, me, and West Ham United. So yes. there you go. Uh, I am going to go for uh, well, God, that's 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 three nil, four nil, two one, five one. Wow, five one. Jim, there is a quiz next Thursday, the Pride of Irons quiz. Yes, there uh, is a uh, Bangers Bar. Bangers Bar. Wilson, is it Wilson Street? No, Eldon Street. Eldon. Eldon, Eldon Street. Yes, uh, sort of near Moorgate Tube. Yeah. Yeah. Bangers Bar. What time? Liverpool Street and Moorgate. It's uh, I think seven o'clock for a seven thirty start. And what is that date? What's that uh, going to be? That's the twenty first. Twenty first. Yeah. Get yourself along to that. How is Pride of Irons going generally? Um, it's yeah, it's doing really well, it really, is, uh, really well. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of stuff with the with, with yeah. the club, and and our our members are now starting to kind of do stuff on their own, which Brilliant. is which really good. Great, great, excellent. Uh, so those are our predictions for the Fulham game. Uh, any other business, gentlemen? Um, if you want to suggest anything that you'd like to see change at West Ham yeah. for the better, um, you can find me on Twitter at Pride of Irons. Um, just send suggestions my way, and I'm happy at Pride to, of Irons. to take yep. them to the club. And that's Jim Dolan at Pride of Irons uh, at Pride of Irons is your Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, and can I just say one thing, which I said, you know, the outset, reasons to be cheerful, I think, and I'm, I'm not really in favour of naming stands at football stadia after players. Oh, yes. But if ever it's a right decision that the East Stand at the Thunderdome should be named after a player, and that player is Billy Bonds, my God, this one, they've actually got bloody name right. right. Yeah, absolutely. If that's absolutely. not a living legend, I'm sorry, I don't know what is. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Fantastic. Six foot two, eyes of blue. William Arthur Bonds is after you. That's right. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.